0: Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Well, say, why do we do that? Why do we declare that? Because we believe it. Amen. And because Jesus said, in Mark chapter 11, we're actually going to read this today, Jesus said, you'll have whatever you say, amen? That's a principle in the Bible that what we speak actually creates things in our lives and creates the environment in which we live. Have you ever met a negative person who is constantly negative? Seems like they can't get out of the web of negativity that they find themselves in all the time. Well, why is that? It's because oftentimes people with a negative disposition speak negative words. And the more negativity that comes out of their mouth, the more that web of negativity that they find themselves in gets tighter and tighter around them. And sometimes it takes a little bit of breakthrough to bust out of the the frustration and the web of negativity that we create for ourselves with our words. But how many of you know there's a biblical answer for all of that? Amen. What if you were able to completely direct the course of your life? Yeah? What, what, I mean, think about it. What, what if you were able to completely steer the direction of your life? What if you were able to sidestep obstacles instead of having to face them? I'm not saying that we run from our problems, but how many of you know a guardrail at the top of a cliff is better than an ambulance at the bottom? <laughs> right? Right? Like, what if, what if you could actually avoid the catastrophe by just adjusting ever so slightly the things that come out of our mouths? I'm going to teach a two-part message to you this morning, and the title of it is, My Big Fat Mouth, (laughs) okay? My Big Fat Mouth. Turn with me, if you would, to James chapter 3. This will probably be a familiar scripture to many of us. To those who are watching online, we welcome you today. Thank you for being with us from your living room or your car or your cubicle. James chapter 3, I want to read actually 10, excuse me, 11 verses to you this morning. So buckle up because it's about to get good. Tell your neighbor, it's about to get good. It's always good when you bring the word into it, right? James chapter 3, I I trust that this is going to be I hope that it's inspirational. There may be some elements of it that are a little hard this morning, but how many of you know a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down? God, even when he's giving something to us that's hard for us, he always gives it with grace so that we can actually believe it and begin to walk in it, amen? Aren't you glad God doesn't expect you to do things on your own? Amen. Do you know that one of the last things Jesus said before he left this earth was, lo, I am with you always, even into the end of the age. So even though Jesus physically is not present in this room, his spirit is present, and his spirit is living on the inside of you if you're a believer this morning. And guess what? He is here to help enable you to do the thing that you can't do on your own. Amen? So we're going to read some stuff today, and it may be hard. It may be difficult. How many of you just love controlling your mouth? Nobody, right? No. Nobody loves to, control, to put a guard over your lips like David said. It's hard. James goes on in this chapter to say, no man can tame the tongue. But how many of you know the Holy Spirit can? And if he's living in you, and if you learn to cooperate with him, you'll actually get somewhere. Amen? So let's read this this morning. James chapter 3, boy, I'm already happy. I haven't even preached yet. I'm already happy. James chapter 3, verse 2, we're going to read down through verse 12. It says, for we all stumble in many things. Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way right up front, amen? We all stumble in many things. How many of you here are perfect? You never made a mistake, amen? No hands raised. We don't have to take up an altar call for liars at the end of the service, so that's good. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Let's stop there for a second and talk about what this means. We all stumble in many things. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's got challenges. Everybody's got blind spots. But how many of you know God's a gracious God and he's merciful? And he's merciful to you and I when we stumble. He doesn't want us to stumble. He doesn't want us to mess up. But how many of you know that when we do, the Bible says in 1 John, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, that when when I sin, when I fail, when I fall short, there's somebody there always to meet me in that moment. So we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is what? A perfect man. Now, the word perfect here in the Greek is the word telos or uh, in some cases it's translated teleos or teleos, it's the same word that Jesus used when he was on the cross and he said it is finished. The word finished and the word perfect here are the exact identical same Greek word and it means complete or mature or finalized. So what James is trying to tell us this morning is that if you and I get to a place in our lives where we're not constantly stumbling over our own words, where we're not constantly having to battle the negativity of our own words, we've actually become mature. How can you tell someone is a mature believer? Listen to what they say. Listen to what they say. How can you tell if you're a mature believer? Listen to what you say. I know it's real deep this morning. (laughs) Real deep. Sometimes we need to be simply deep or deeply simple. Amen. They're about they're they're the same sometimes. If you want to know, hey, where's my relationship with the Lord at? It's not a question of how worked up you can get or how hard you can praise God. You know, we, we we get up here and we sing and we play and we worship the Lord and we're expressive. But, you know, Christian maturity has nothing to do with the expressiveness of your worship. Amen, pastor. That's right. Yeah, glory to God. Your maturity, your walk with the Lord doesn't have anything to do with anything external. It's about the condition of your heart, and we're going to read in Matthew 12 that Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart is where the mouth begins to get its ammunition from. Whatever's on the inside is going to show up on the outside eventually. So it doesn't matter how hard you pray in tongues or how well you prophesy, if you go out of this uh, you know, uh, building and into the parking lot after church and cuss somebody out, or if you get out of here and go uh, down the road and start talking negativity and, oh man, my life just stinks so bad, I just can't seem to figure out how I'm going to get where God wants me to go. And, oh, my God, did you see what was on the news today? And did you see what she said? And this one and that. And all of a sudden, we, we start to run our mouth. And what happens? We're creating an atmosphere and an environment that we have to deal with now. Amen. How many of you are gardeners in here? Anybody ever gardened or planted anything? As a couple of you. Okay. The rest of you are just getting veggies from the grocery store. That's fine. We're not going to judge you. Amen. No. How many of you that have ever gardened before have, like, you know, planted weeds It's like, oh, I'm gonna put this tomato plant in the ground and then I got this handful of dandelion seeds. Let's just plant some weeds. No, guys, when we let our tongue control us instead of letting God by his spirit control what comes out of our mouth, we are planting weeds. We are sowing stuff that we're gonna have to pull up later and we're gonna have to deal with it later. Amen. Amen. Well, let's keep going. James chapter 3, verse 2. Let's keep reading. If anybody doesn't stumble in word, they're a perfect or a mature man, and they're able to bridle their whole body. Now, here's the example that James uses. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that, we, that they may obey us. We turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, They are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. I want you to think about the analogy, the two analogies that James gives us right here. If you've ever ridden a horse, you know that it's actually not very difficult to get the horse to go the way you want it to go, right? It's like a, it's like what? Frankie, how, how heavy are horses? Most of them, average. 1,200 pounds, that's a big animal. A big animal, 1,200 pounds. How many of you weigh 1,200 pounds? No, amen, praise God. That's, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of movement. That's a lot of momentum when that thing gets going in a certain direction. And that big 1,200 pound animal is steered by a piece of metal that's about this big long. It's about this long. And you just put that thing in that horse's mouth. And when you want him to go left, you move the reins this way. And the reins tug on that little bit and push that horse this way. And if you want it to go right, you lean this way and the horse follows you because that bit is driving the horse. The horse is literally led around by its mouth. Amen. Now, you know, there's, can I, can I take a little side journey real quick right here? Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you, Kat. I appreciate that. Here we go. You know what's even better than a horse that's trained with a bit and a bridle? Is a horse that's what they call rein trained. That the horse is so sensitive that you could actually take the bit out of its mouth and leave the reins and just lay the reins on its neck that 1200 pound animal is so sensitive that if you just laid the reins on its neck it would go the right you wouldn't have to jerk its head that is a horse that is so mature that they've become rein trained that's the, I, that's the example of the Holy Spirit in your and my life. What if you and I got so dialed in in our relationship with God that the Holy Spirit had to do literally nothing but just, just lay the reins gently on your neck? Just, just whisper instruction to you Hey, I just want you to go this way. Hey, I just want you to go that way. Hey, I want you to walk in love with this person even though you don't feel like it. Hey, I want you to forgive your spouse. Hey, I want you to walk in love with your kids. What if we just got rain trained? Amen? All right, that's my little aside. Let's come back to the tongue. Think about a ship. If you've ever been on a boat before, especially an old boat or a sailing a sailboat, that little rudder is like 3% of the mass of that whole ship. It's tiny. And yet all the, all the captain has to do is spin that rudder a particular direction, and that ship is going to move. Amen? As a matter of fact... The rudder is more powerful than the wind. The rudder is actually more influential on the movement of the ship than the wind is. You know how I know? The wind can be blowing this way, but if the pilot or the captain of the ship wants to go this way, all he's got to do is steer the boat in that direction and catch the wind the right way. You see, if you are actually in control of the rudder, you can move the ship wherever you want it to go regardless of what direction the wind is. All you gotta do is make a simple adjustment and now the rudder is in control, not the wind. That tells me that the circumstances around me, no matter how strong they have to be or no matter how strong I find them to be, have to actually submit to my will and submit to the will of God when I get in control of my tongue. No matter how windy it is, if the pilot wants to go left, all he's got to do is make an adjustment of the rudder. No matter how busy and how crazy the storms of life become for you, no matter how loud the wind is that you're dealing with, if you and I will learn to control our tongue, if you and I will let the Holy Spirit have ownership of our mouths, we'll go whichever way he wants us to go, regardless of the storm. Amen. Boy, that's good. See how great, let's go to verse 5 again. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Doesn't take much, does it? And the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Guys, if we're not careful, our tongue can really get out of hand and start ruining our lives. It's so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Ouch. Everybody say, ouch. ouch. <laughs> Watch this. For every kind of beast and bird, every reptile, every creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. You can't find a, you can't find a category of animal that hasn't been trained by human beings. But guess what? We still haven't figured out how to master the tongue. Amen. We can train dolphins and we can't train our own mouth. You know what I'm saying? We can train elephants to do what we want them to do. Y'all ever seen those people like riding elephants and doing stuff and they you know, the elephant just does whatever the person tells him to do. But we that guy that trains that elephant can't control his own mouth, but he can control this massive elephant. It's wild, isn't it? Let's keep going. But no man, verse 8, no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Watch this. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Wow. Wow. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. So we have to recognize that when we spend our time honoring God on one side, and then dishonoring people with our mouth on the other side, we have to stand back and be like, you know what? That's actually a problem. Yeah. Can I bring it right down where you live for just a second? Can we get real personal for a second? You can't come to church and praise Jesus and, oh, God, I love you, and I bless your holy name, and and pray in tongues and have an amazing time, and then go out and trash talk your not-so-favorite politician. Huh? You can't do it. Well, I mean, you can, but it's hurting you. Right? You can't have a great time in church on Sunday, go to small groups in the middle of the week, and bless God, brother, we just had the best small group. It was so awesome. And then go home and trash your boss to your spouse. I can't believe what he said. I can't believe what he made me do today. I can't believe what she said to me. Oh, my gosh, if I, just, if I could punch him right now, I would. We can, you can't do that. That's not the life of a believer. That's not the life of someone whose heart has been transformed by the power of God. Listen, guys, if the gospel is proving worthwhile in our lives, it ought to affect how we speak and how we behave and how we live and how we think. Amen. And I don't know about you, I don't want to create an environment in my life that I later have to fight through in order to get what God's you know in order to get God's best for my life. I don't want to have to do that. Just like I don't want to plant tomatoes and weeds at the same time and then later I got to go pick those weeds out because they're choking the life out of the tomato plant. What if what if we yielded to the Holy Spirit and said, "Lord, control my mouth." David said, "Set a guard over my lips." That's what the psalmist David said. He said, Lord, set a guard over my lips. Let me be diligent. to And, and, and Lord, I'm going to need your help to do this because I can't do it on my own. You see, if we just read James chapter 3 without remembering the grace of God, we could get pretty bummed out. you would be like, dang it, no man can control the tongue. Well, I guess I better not try. Mother, you know, I mean, just... <laughs> I guess I better not try. I'm not going to bother trying. No man can tame the tongue. No, if we didn't read this, in li- if we didn't read it in light of the grace of God, we'd get discouraged. Amen. But how many of you know the Spirit of God lives in you? And you can't tame your tongue, but the Holy Ghost can. You can get to the place in your life where you get ready to say something and the voice on the inside goes, eh, 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 Stop. Danger, Will Robinson. Amen. Nobody under the age of 30 understands that reference. Amen. Listen, you can get to the place where the Holy Spirit's voice becomes so significant in your life that he actually will pump the brakes on what's getting ready to come out of your mouth. Amen. I've had it happen to me, man. I've had it happen to me so many times. Matter of fact, I've been in the middle of complaining. I know none of you have ever done this before, but I've been in the middle of complaining before and had the Holy Spirit just arrest me in the middle of that and say, stop, stop, you're hurting yourself. You're doing things to you that you don't even see it. You can't even see what you're doing to yourself, but just stop. How many of you are thankful for the voice of the Spirit of God in your life? Amen. Man, he's so good. And you know, when God speaks, man, he just, he'll correct you and you want to give him a hug when he's done. He's just so gracious. He's, the Holy Spirit's like the velvet hammer, man. He just, he comes in and he'll just, he'll straighten you out. But when you're done, you're like, oh God, thank you. Jesus, I love you. Amen. Our tongue is the rudder of our lives. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Your experiences today are the result of words spoken in the past. If we believe that what James is saying is true, then we have to also believe that we are the architect of our own future in a lot of in a lot of ways by the things that we say. And that doesn't that's not combative towards the idea that God is in charge. Nothing that we ever do or say can completely nullify the plan of God. And praise God there's mercy. So that when we do screw up, he's, he's real quick to help us get back on track. But I'm going I'm to tell you that you have a responsibility in your life and I have a responsibility in my life to determine where I'm going based on what God has said and based on me with my own words agreeing with what God has said. Does that make sense? So your experiences today are the result of words that you spoke in the past. Can I give you a real practical example of this? This is kind of a a fun one. I was uh, working at a job. This is when I lived in Florida. I was in high school. I was working at um, Moore's Stone Crab Restaurant. And, you know, it just smelled like fish, and sometimes I didn't want to go to work. And so one day, me and my buddy Mike, we decided we were going to stay home from work. We were not going to work. We were busboys, and me and... (laughs) We used to get in some trouble. Anyways, um, he and I were both bus boys, and we decided, hey, man, let's not go to work tonight. Let's call in sick. Let's find a way to get out of having to work. I was, okay, great idea, Mike. Awesome, brilliant, let's do it. He said, all right, here's what we're gonna do, because he lived closer to the restaurant than I did. I had to drive from farther away. He said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna go in, and I'm gonna, like, start doing our, our duties, and then you're gonna call the restaurant and say, I can't come in today, I wrecked my car, and I can't get a hold of my parents, and I need Mike to come pick me up. And, that's, and then we're gonna meet at the Sonic and eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> Great idea, Mike. What could go wrong? Right? So we go through with our plan. And I'm driving on my way to the Sonic burger and get in a car crash. Guess who I can't get in touch with? My parents. Guess who I called to come pick me up? Mike. It happened exactly the way that we said it was going to happen, except we didn't get to go to the Sonic Burger, man. And I totaled my parents' car. You say, well, you know, Pastor, that's a little bit extreme. I don't know that that was really because you said it. Here's what I've learned. The Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And the devil doesn't need much except a little crack and a little opening in the door of your heart. And if you open up just a little bit to him, he will be glad to take full advantage of the advantage you've given him. Now, the devil is a wiener. He is, I mean, he's powerless, he's weak, he's he's trash, okay? The devil is a chump. However, That doesn't mean that he's not still out to get us. And you can take authority over the enemy. See, this is how you use your words. Instead of of using your words to create problems for yourself, use your words to take authority over the enemy and and, and eliminate problems from your life. Hello? Use your words to put your foot down spiritually and say, you know what, devil? You're not not coming after my kids. You're not coming after my marriage. You're not going to have any kind of victory in my life. You get the word of God and you begin to speak what God says and watch your world begin to shift. Amen. Listen, it's not weird and metaphysical, it's Bible, it's biblical. Go to to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. This is one of the famous faith passages from Jesus' ministry. Mark chapter 11. Y'all doing all right this morning? Yes. Everybody okay? Yes. Amen. Don't worry, I won't preach too long. Have you out in time to get lunch. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 11. I got a Formula One race to watch when I get it done with this. And so this Monaco race day is one of the most important days of the year if you're a Formula One race person. Mark chapter 11 verse... Let's see. Verse 20. You know, before we read verse 20, let me just preface the story for those that may not be familiar with it. In this passage a few verses prior, Jesus and the disciples are walking into Jerusalem. And they stop along the way, and Jesus sees a fig tree, and he wants to get fruit from it, but there isn't any fruit on it. But there's leaves on it, so it looks like it should have fruit, but there's something wrong with this fig tree. For some reason, it, it has the appearance of fruit and no actual fruit. Guess what? God has a big problem when you have an appearance of fruit and no fruit. That's a different message for a different Sunday. But Jesus walks up to this fruit tree expecting to get figs, and what does he do? He curses it. He uses his words. And he said, no man eat fruit from you forever. And they carry on. The next day, they're passing by the same fig tree. And this is what happens. Verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Isn't it cool how Jesus answers questions nobody asks? Did you ever notice that? All the time you read in the the Gospels, Jesus is answering questions that nobody has asked. He didn't, you know, Peter didn't say to him, Lord, Lord. Why are, why are you so powerful? How is it that your words are so potent? He didn't say any of that. He said, look, Lord, shocker, the tree's dead. And Jesus answered the question that he didn't ask but should have asked. And he says, have faith in God. You know, when your life gets in a jam and you get into challenging situations and, and things don't seem to go the way that they should be going in your life, what is the answer for that? Have faith in God. Why? Why can I have faith in God? Verse 23. For assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. You can see he's moved on from fig trees yeah, fig trees are no problem. Let's talk about mountains. Let's talk about big obstacles. Let's talk about monumental circumstances in your life, that there's no way that you're going to be able to have victory in them. Let's talk about your marriage is hanging on by an absolute thread. Let's talk about you got a sickness in your body that medical science has zero answer for, and you don't know how this is going to work. What are you supposed to do? Have faith in God. Why? Because if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, the mountain has to listen to you you let's keep reading whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says he will have whatever he thinks Uh uh-uh he will have whatever he genuinely believes Uh uh-uh he will have whatever he says Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. There is a key to life. There is a key to the mysteries of life. It seems so mysterious. It seems so irregular. It seems so unreal that that we could actually have an influence on our lives by the words that we speak. But according to Jesus and according to James and according to a lot of other scriptures, we can. In the Proverbs, Solomon writes, this day have I set before you death and life. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. How do I choose life? I let my words come into agreement with God's words. I begin to to speak the things that he has spoken in my life, and I begin to watch my circumstances start to change. Amen. I'm here to tell you there's a better way to live. Just, just, just touch your neighbor. Tell him that. Just testify. Say, hey, listen, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to live. You might be facing incredible obstacles this morning, but there's a better way to live. I'm telling you, stake your claim in the word of God. Stake your claim in the promises of God. Be stirred up with faith this morning and begin to speak what God has spoken. Amen. Amen. Man. I got like five minutes left, but I got more to say. I'm preaching on this next week, so that's fine. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Our words are of critical importance. Think about for a second this reality. God created the universe with his words. Created the universe with his words. You see, when we talk about taming your tongue, when we talk about our big fat mouth, we're not talking about saying what we think is right. We're talking about saying what the word says. That's a very important point to make and I actually want to end on that point today. You know, it's one thing to stop speaking negative things and then to start speaking the word. What a lot of people do, and this is where they miss it, is they, they get a hold of this principle. They say, hey, I, I can't speak you know, doubt and unbelief in my life. I can't, I can't tolerate my own speech you know, not lining up with the word of God. So they start to put a guard over their mouth, as the, as the scripture says, and, they, and they, they really stop speaking negativity and stop speaking unbelief. They say, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. And then here's where we miss it. We start speaking what we want. Jesus didn't say that you would speak whatever it was that you want, and if you don't doubt in your heart, it'll come to pass. Right? What, what Jesus wants from us, what the Spirit of God wants from us, is for our words to not be just a reflection of our own desires, but for our words to come in line with what the Word of God has already says. Here's why that's important, because God created the universe with His words, not with yours. So if you and I will learn how to get our, our mouth, our speech, in line with what the Bible says, that's when we'll actually start to see the result of His Word. You see, I have a preacher friend who says this, God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. Why is that? Because it's his word that carries all the potency. It's his word that carries all the power. He didn't create the world with my words, he created the world with his words. I was sharing this with a pastor just just about a week ago. We were on a walk, we were chatting, and I was sharing with him an experience that I had when I was just starting out as a preacher, and some days I feel like I still am just starting out as a preacher, by the way. But I was just starting out, and I was preaching for my dad and his church, and, and I was in, this is back when we wore ties, and I was back in the like green room, bathroom area, putting on my, my lapel clip-on mic onto my tie. I still remember the tie. It was a gold tie. Uh, Mark, Michael Kors tie it's a beautiful tie and I'm, I'm putting that on and I'm getting myself ready in the mirror and I'm just thanking God Lord thank you so much oh, praise God you're going to do some great things in the service and I said this I said Lord thank you for anointing my words this morning and the Holy Spirit said to me I am not anointing your words this morning I said well that really messes with my theology come again let's, 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 you know, let's go back Lord and let's review the tape I said, What do you mean you're not going to anoint my words? He said, I don't want you to speak your words. He said, I want you to speak my words because they're already anointed. Yes. Ay, 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 ay. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> I, I said, Lord, that blew my mind. Father, forgive me. I said that. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for thinking that my words had potency. It's your word that I need to have in my mouth. It's your word that I need to put into practice in my life. You know, we did this for our kids because my, because my parents did it for me. We started writing scriptures on note cards, three by five cards, and putting them in different places in the house. If you go in my kid's bathroom, you'll see Jeremiah 1 verse 12. I, the Lord, am watching over my word to perform it. When I was a kid, I had Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Every time I'm brushing my teeth, I'm seeing, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Your God plans to prosper you not to harm me, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Why do I know that? Because I had it in front of me as a kid. So we started to do that for our kids and started putting you know, stuff up. You know, uh, God's watching over his word to perform me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. My enemy comes out against me one way and flees before me seven ways. I'm blessed and highly favored, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I'm not sick. I'm healed in Jesus' name. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Isaiah chapter 53. We started putting these words in front of them. Why? Because we want them to learn how to speak God's word, not their circumstances, not their emotions, not what they're feeling right now. Listen, your emotions are great. God gave you your emotions. You should pay attention to them. That's good. But you should never let them be the boss. I like what Chris Valentin says. He says, emotions make wonderful servants and terrible masters. Feelings make wonderful servants, but terrible masters. You and I have got to learn that where the rubber meets the road in our lives is where we begin to speak God's word instead of our circumstance, instead of our feelings. Can I tell you something this morning? Can I have a a transparent pastor moment with you this morning? My alarm went off this morning at 540. No, 545, excuse me. And you know what? I did not want to get out of bed. And I I have a Sunday morning routine. I, I spend time with the Lord, and I pray for the service. I pray for you. I pray for people watching. And Man, I just didn't want to do it. And I went out into the living room and let the dog out and started into my routine, and I'm going over my notes and praying and talking to the Lord. And when I wrapped up with that, it was time to go get in the shower. Amen. Praise God you have a pastor that showers. Hallelujah. Glory to God, amen. I walked through my bedroom to our bathroom and my wife says, you doing all right? And I said, yes. Yes, I'm doing all right. She said, you sure? I said, well, if I'm honest about how my flesh feels, I really don't wanna go to church this morning. I don't know if you realize that, but I don't actually wake up super pumped to preach every Sunday. Sometimes I'm just like you and I just wanna stay in bed. And, and she's like, You okay? And I said, You know, I really don't feel like doing church this morning. I said, It's really gonna take the anointing. And I said, You know what? I'm gonna go anyway, and I'm gonna preach, and the power of God's gonna fall. And the anointing's gonna be present and worship's gonna be awesome and the message is gonna come across great. What am I saying? I'm agreeing with God's word. Yeah, I don't feel like nothing. I don't feel like nothing but a sack of doo-doo pie this morning, but that doesn't matter because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and God has a word that he wants to speak into your life this morning. Amen. So we don't let our feelings be the boss, we don't let how we feel determine where we go in life. God gave you authority to put your own emotions in the right place that they need to go. And too many, times we, too many times we've just ignored our emotions and ignored our feelings and we get in trouble. We get in that ditch over on this side of the road. Amen. I've come to tell you there's hope, there's freedom this morning for your life. There's opportunity for you to change the course and change the direction of where you're going in life, and that has everything to do with what comes out of your mouth. Amen. We're gonna get more into this next week for part two. Don't miss it. Same bat time, same bat channel. Amen. Let's stand up to our feet this morning. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, Check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.